This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, well, well. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Or maybe I should say that in my phony southern accent, like Gomer Pyle. Surprise, surprise, surprise. FBI refuses to identify the other social media companies it's paying to push fake news and regime propaganda. This is state media. This is against the Constitution. This is blatantly illegal. Or is it? Don't forget, Barry Satoro had them put the Smith-Munt Repeal Act into the 2013 National Defense Authorization Act. The NDAA passed it literally in the middle of the night. It was like 2, 3 a.m. They rammed it through. And what it did is it repealed the Smith-Munt Act. What was the Smith-Munt Act? The Smith-Munt Act prevented the government from propagandizing Americans on American soil. Right, We had Radio Free Europe that was pushing American messages into Eastern Europe behind the Iron Curtain. We have Voice of America that was doing the same thing all over the world. But it was illegal for the government to propagandize Americans until Barry Satoro pushed through, or had the Democrats get the Republicans. That's what actually happened. The Democrats got the Republicans to cave and add it to the 2013 NDAA, and so now there's no more Smith-Munt Act, and now the government can propagandize Americans on American soil. And just to make sure that they were able to do this, in the 2016 NDAA, they slid in the Global Engagement Center under the Secretary of State. What the Global Engagement Center is supposed to be for is to countering extremist narratives that are trying to recruit young terrorists, right? So you want to you want to combat the the pro-terrorist narratives, the narratives that are telling these young guys that have no hopes of a job and therefore no hopes ever of a wife or a family that they'll get 72 virgins if they go and blow themselves up and take some Jews and Americans with them. And even better if you can get an American Jews, that's a twofer. So we want to combat those narratives, right? And that's a good thing. You do want to combat those narratives. But in combination with the Smith-Mont Repeal Act, that lets the government engage on social media to push government narratives against Americans. Anti-science, lethal narratives 
like the fact that ivermectin is horse paste, which it isn't. Like the fact that HCQ doesn't work, which it does. Like the fact that zinc doesn't combat viruses, which it's ridiculous to even say that. But that's where we are as a nation, folks. Our government is the enemy, and it's propagandizing us on the daily. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about vilifying manually. It's just not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, ENT. So if you think I'm out there, if you think I'm an extremist, if you think I am a threat to democracy, Jeff Bezos, you're going to love my next guest. <laughs> Dustin Gold is a great friend of mine and folks dustin i was so excited when i met dustin because it's like yes he understands all the stuff i've been talking about for years and he's added like 10 times more information than even i had so welcome to the reckoning dustin gold wow it's an honor to be here man you have a producer now i mean this is pretty amazing timothy how, how long have you had this show it's uh, for about three months now, and that, that's right. I'm a real boy now, Dustin. No longer Congrats. a wooden puppet. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. No, it's amazing. I'm Maria Alvanese, a mutual friend of ours, told me a few weeks ago. She said, Timothy's got a show on this TNT radio. I said, that's explosive. No, it's great to see you behind the mic doing this. You deserve it, Tim. Thanks very much, Dustin. So, Dustin, I've got one word for you, and then I'm just going to let you run with it. Transhumanism. <laughs> You're going to let me run with it? Now, <laughs> now, see, I don't know what you've talked to your audience about with this, but, and, and, and again, I don't, I don't know exactly uh, the type of audience you speak to. I would assume it's like my audience. Uh, I launched my show under the Thomas Paine Network. That's Mike Moore. And so he had a lot of folks, obviously, came out of the Trump camp, out of MAGA. Uh, as things started to go awry the last year of Trump with COVID land, the high school theater production that kicked off, everyone got pulled into that live action role play and so a lot of folks were starting to try to figure out what the heck is going on uh you know was trump part of it was trump uh baited into this does he not really have any power i think that's what a lot of people are trying to figure out right now and so when i decided to launch my show in july and then we really kicked it into high gear into september in september i said what am i going to talk about what are the things i've studied over the years that i think would be interesting and i I want to further examine and research and i can share with people and it's not just a carbon copy of what others are doing out there i definitely didn't want to be the sean hannity to uh, mike moore that sean hannity served as a rush limbaugh to for for many many years so i decided to talk about technocracy and transhumanism and really spend a lot of time investigating the history of it where we are today in the president what we can expect in the future and then for those folks who want to live one foot outside of this matrix of this system how can they go about doing this uh, in a realistic fashion and until you really understand your enemy and you really understand the problems that we're facing it's very hard to develop realistic solutions even get to realistic goals uh, i am someone who believes that a lot of this stuff unfortunately is inevitable when you research the so-called private sector companies as well as the investment capital and then the governments that they're partnered with it's pretty clear that 
a lot of this stuff is coming. A lot of it's here already, and it's going to continue to grow as we get to the magic years of 2030 and 2050. Uh, and this goes way beyond what Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, or even his king philosopher Yuval Noah Harari talks about. Those guys are sort of just figureheads. I look at the World Economic Forum as sort of the chamber of commerce of the public and the private sector coming together to implement all of this technocracy that we're seeing. So when you're talking about transhumanism, you can find the roots of transhumanism going back to the early 1900s. It really comes out of even the eugenics movement that came out of the progressive era going back to the late 1800s. And now you have this idea of technocracy that grew out of the early 1900s as well. It really took form in the 1920s and 1930s. And so I have something I call a technocratic transhumanism, which is really what I spend a lot of time dissecting because the technocrats and the transhumanists really overlap at this stage uh, they all really grew out of progressivism socialism communism marxism and then later even fascism so it's all really connected and i would imagine a lot of people that were interested in politics going back to the days of say barack obama and then donald trump have studied saul alinsky have studied marxism cultural marxism things of that nature so this is kind of the underbelly that i missed all these years i was always busy studying Alinsky and studying Marxism. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what were these technocrats, these guys that were rising out of, uh, came out of the panic of 1893 and then really picked up steam with the Great Depression. And so um, we're in this stage now, as the World Economic Forum puts it, the merger of the physical, the biological, and the digital worlds. And this is sort of the technocracy meets transhumanism in real time. It's pretty scary stuff, Timothy. It's dark but I tell people I'm not trying to blackpill you and get you to run and hide under your bed and cry yourself to sleep unless of course if that's your thing maybe you like to do that but no I'm trying to wake people up to what's really there and I think it helps answer a lot of the questions people have a lot of things that don't make sense I look at many of the people out there are sort of like Neo in the Matrix uh, before he is unplugged by Morpheus that in our DNA as humans we know something's wrong something doesn't feel right we just don't know exactly what it is what's driving it where it comes from and so we can look at some of the people exactly. i call technocratic yeah exactly and so the further you dig into this the further you educate yourself i think it starts to answer a lot of questions you know people get hung up uh today on say i mean this has been going on five seven years in the public and the mainstream the whole transgender issue well the transgender issue really comes out of this whole transhumanist issue first you erase genders and then it's easy to get people to erase their whole identity as a human so um it, it's been quite it an is interesting and let's be journey. very clear here let's be very clear because i think you've struck upon something very important and it's the it's the overlap of, of of trans uh humanism and technocracy right because technically we we're all transhuman right we have we use a digital device to access information that we don't have information to in our our corporeal body, and that's our iPhone. We can we can look up, we can duck duck go anything. We can we can find a a map and where we want to go, right? So we use these digital devices, and, and and technically that's transhumanism. We have knee replacements and hip replacements and and spinal inserts, and technically that's transhumanism. Elon Musk, for example, in his Neuralink, is working on a device that will bridge the gap in a spinal injury. So the reason people are paralyzed when they have a spinal injury 
is that the message is there's damage to the spinal cord and the messages aren't getting through all the way to the muscles. So he wants to build Neuralink to bridge that gap. That, people would argue, is a good thing, right? We do a lot of work with soldiers. With uh, Now, you know, we had the $6 million man back in the 1970s. Well, now we do have prosthetic limbs that can be self-actuated, actuated by thought, and they're getting quite good. That's transhumanism. But what the real problem here isn't remedying physical damage. It isn't trying to repair people that have been horribly injured. It's creating a false religion of man, right? So it's you can take all your memories, this is their goal, to take all your memories and all your life experiences and upload them in a digital format so that you become immortal, right? This is nothing other than the lie that Satan has told humanity for millennia. Yes, now, now th this is a tricky subject, and I don't know, you know, you got to be careful these days because I don't know where people's funding comes from. And there's a very interesting character who plays a big part in all of this today, and that's uh, Peter Thiel. Okay, so Peter Thiel, you got to be careful because he funds a lot of supposedly conservative organizations, but Thiel is on record. Uh, on video. Well, he was behind Blake Masters running for the Senate in Arizona recently, and he's done a lot of good. I want to dig into Peter Thiel more in depth after the break. You're listening to TNT Radio. TNT. Alexa, explain B-I-D-E-N. B-I-D-E-N is president. Oh, very good. And now explain B-I-D-E-T. B-I-D-E-T is your butt washer. Okay, so they're pretty much the same. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. My guest is our Dustin Gold is one of the experts I turn to on the overlap between the technocrats that have been around for over 100 years, about 130 years now, and transhumanism, which is a relatively new movement. And it's a scary, brave new world the global elites want for us, and you have to know about it if you're going to be able to fight it. So, Dustin, Peter Thiel, controversial character, does some things that conservatives think are good, and then he's involved in some things that really aren't so conservative, huh? Well, this is how I look at things when I'm starting an investigation. Even when I'm meeting anyone in my personal life now, I just start off assuming that that person is bad. <laughs> and that they have to prove themselves. That's a safe good. assumption. Right. So I, I know Peter Thiel's history. Yeah, I trust knew. is earned. Yes. And, and, look, and in 2015, when he was backing Trump, and I was a big Trump fan in 2015, I just said, oh, okay, he must be a good guy. It's this billionaire from Silicon Valley. And then over the years, I started doing more and more research into him. Now, Peter and those who support him and promote him would call him sort of a conservative, libertarian guy. And I just have to be honest. Peter Thiel is not conservative, and Peter Thiel is not libertarian. Okay, so if we take conservative based on what we believe conservative, was if we go back 15, 20 years ago into the Reagan years, we looked at sort of um, social conservatism and fiscal conservatism. Well, Peter Thiel 
cannot be a social conservative when he's backing all of these transhumanist companies, transhumanist technologies, and he cannot be a fiscal conservative because essentially he's a welfare queen. All of his money comes really from government contracts. And we could break this down. You can just take his company Palantir, for example. It was started not long after 9-11. It was funded by the CIA through NQTEL, the CIA's hedge fund. And Palantir today... As of 2018, under the Trump administration, they got a $100 million contract inside of the IRS to track down you and me to bother other people. So I don't think a libertarian guy would be in partnership with the IRS. And there are dozens upon dozens of these examples I can give on Peter Thiel. Also, going back to 2006, he personally was funding the Singularity Institute. The Singularity Institute's main focus is the merger of man and machine. The term singularity in modern days really comes out of Ray Kurzweil. Kurzweil is the chief engineer at google kurzweil is the guy who came up with the concepts of uploading your consciousness to the cloud and creating an ai hive mind which then would be beamed back down as a third layer of the brain they call it the silicon based neocortex in the cloud that also connects in with what a lot of elon musk talks about and he's discussed on joe rogan's podcast in 2018 and 2020 which i've gone back and analyzed on my show i look at it through a new lens now, through fresh eyes, now that I'm investigating this, and going, let me really listen to what Elon Musk is talking about. So Peter Thiel is involved with these immortality companies. He has a company, Ambrosia. Ambrosia is the Greek term for the concoction that the gods drank for immortality. Well, Peter Thiel's focused on taking young blood and injecting it into older people. He's got a lot of these companies. Jeff Bezos has them, Mark Cuban, a lot of this stuff seeking out immortality the other thing when i research them is i always look at it from and, the that, and that's nothing new though like right we first heard about it with cryogenics you know walt yeah. disney's heads in a freezer someplace and these this this really goes back this is a human urge and, and i keep saying it's it's millennia old wanting to elevate man to the status of gods ray kurzweil came out of mit and i was familiar with his work in the mid 90s and my boss at the time was the most brilliant guy I've known, uh, had known up to that point and actually since. And I gave him for Christmas, we did gag gifts in the office. And I went out and I got a little plastic, like Bob the Builder type construction helmet. And I went down to You Do It Electronics and I bought a whole bunch of, you know, printer, printer serial cables. Remember those wide, you know, three inch yeah. wide wire cables and all sorts of uh, transistors and capacitors and just different electronic components. And I built, as a gag, the first <laughs> wetware hardware interface so that he could upload his brain to the cloud. And, and I got the idea from reading Ray Kurzweil's uh, work over at MIT. Uh, so, And that was 25, 28 years ago now. So this stuff's been around for a while. It's just starting to break through to the mainstream now, the uh -huh. conversation. And we have those out of DARPA. That's the transcranial electronic stimulation helmet, uh, right? Coming out of the brain initiative. Right. You know, it's a non-invasive version of a Neuralink. When in fact, you know, Neuralink, 
and and you could watch this. There's a guy named Dr. Charles Morgan III. He worked for the CIA for 11 years as an intelligence officer. He's now a professor at University of New Haven. He gave a lecture in front of the West Point Military Academy cadets and staff. I don't know why it's on YouTube and why it was published, but he talks all about this transcranial electronic stimulation helmet, and he shows videos essentially of everything. He's not talking about Musk, but he's showing videos coming out of DARPA and the Brain Initiative going back to the early 2000s, doing exactly what Musk is now rolling out as what I look at as an adoption campaign. The monkey mind pong video that Musk released a couple years ago where they got a monkey, a macaque monkey, to play pong inside of its head. That was done back in 2003, coming out of the Brain Initiative. So it was nothing new. But that's why these guys are very complicated. One of the most troubling things that I've seen Peter Thiel actually say, I mean, he does a lot of really bad stuff, in my opinion, but one of the things he actually said on the record, on video, was that transhumanism and Christianity are very similar. There's only small metaphysical differences because they both offer eternal life. You know, Christianity offers eternal life with God, and transhumanism offers immortality right here and i'm saying to myself this man brands himself (laughs) as a conservative libertarian guy and he's out there trying to say that transhumanism and christianity are the same thing i mean just just my opinion is a lot of the young conservatives people we know like magdalene rose that come out of the christian conservative world that They don't even realize a lot of them are taking money from Peter Thiel because he's invested even in national conservatism now. As you said, he backed Blake Masters, J.D. Vance, other candidates. They don't realize this stuff. I've told a couple of them. They said, no, he said that? He actually said that? I said, oh, yeah. He sat on a panel discussion. I have him going back to 2006 when he said that singularity, the merger of man and machine, was either going to bring a boom of investment opportunities or a boom that would destroy the whole world. But, heck, let's go for it. Let's try it. So I'm like, this is the guy. Let's roll those dice. Yeah, this is a guy passing out money to uh, folks all over the place. And then on top of it, the majority of his uh, software companies, they're embedded. uh, I counted almost every major government agency he's embedded in now. Uh, He was involved with, I I have him on record, talking about how COVID land was fantastic because it would help usher in this new economy. Well, that's all part of the technocracy. He's actually on record saying that it would usher in the new economy. There was all these great opportunities. His company Palantir and other software companies has are involved with the government. They were going to be part of the COVID uh, passports. They're part of COVID tracking. So people can say, well, that's just what he does for a business. He's a venture capitalist. He's involved with all these companies. Yeah, well, he's helping advance all this stuff. Well, there's a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. We'll get to it after the news. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio.